Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Capella Athletics Podcast. My name's Johnny Holston. We want to welcome you back and remind you to listen to episode one of this Running Biz series if you haven't yet. In that episode, we talked about all the different ways athletes can earn money in professional running, whether it's a contract, a performance bonus, an appearance fee. We also talked a little bit about reductions and how that can affect an athlete as well. Um, don't forget to check us out on the stridereport.com. Uh, the Stride Report is your main source for NCAA cross-country and track coverage. Those guys are doing an amazing job covering um, all things NCAAs right now as they've got a, a busy, busy week ahead covering the national championships, and we'll be, we'll be tuning into their uh, feeds to stay on top of all of that. Uh, you can listen to all our past episodes on that website, thestridereport.com, and uh, find them on social media as well. You can find us on social media at Capella Athletics on Instagram and at Capella Management on Twitter. My name's Johnny Holston. You can find me at Johnny Holston on Instagram and at Johnny Capella on Twitter. So now's your last chance. Go on back, listen to episode one if you haven't yet, or go go back and check it out again if you want a bit of a, a refresher on what we're going to talk about today. Um, and without further ado, let's head into episode two of Running Biz by Capella Athletics. Okay, so today we're talking about the agent-athlete relationship, and a, a very common question that's asked in this whole topic is, what does an agent do? We all have the idea of Jerry Maguire, you know, Tom Cruise, and that whole idea of an agent. Um, we also have kind of a general idea of what an agent might do in, in other major sports where um, there's a designated off-season and uh, contracts or, or public things broadcasted on ESPN. However, the world of track and field is a little bit different. Um, agents are very involved in many different steps for the athlete, and I'm going to kind of walk us through a couple of those different ways today. Number one, and we will go through all of these in more detail, uh, an, an agent needs to sign the athlete to a contract and help them get a regular salary going, a base contract like we discussed in episode one. That is the, the first and pretty much primary gig of an agent taking an athlete on is get them to represent a company and get them in a great situation that way. The next way an agent helps out an athlete and works for them is by getting them into meets. So this could be a track meet, a marathon, road race, uh, Whatever whatever type of competition setting it may be, it's the agent's job to broker that entry, get the athlete on board and in the right race, in the right heat, um, as well as possibly get them compensated along the way for doing so. Uh, and we'll talk about that in more in more detail as well. Uh, and lastly, the the agent's job is to know the ins and in the outs of the athlete's obligations to their brand and other um, supporters and help them maximize their earnings and put them in the best position possible. So uh, we'll, we'll, we will walk through a couple of different ways that an agent can do that uh, as we continue on. But just to set everything up for the next 20 minutes or so, an agent does what? They sign athletes to contracts and, and other endorsements. They get them into meets, marathons, or road races, and they help maximize that athlete's earnings in those meets, road races, or marathons. And that is, in short, in two minutes, you know, what an agent does. Now let's go ahead and talk about some of these aspects in more detail. Okay, so signing a contract. 
let's talk about this element and of the agent-athlete relationship and what the agent's obligations are throughout this phase. We talked about signing a contract in episode one, so most of you should be familiar with that is. For those of you that aren't, basically it's your base salary and the brand that you're committing to represent, as well as other things. If you want to learn more, go back and listen to episode one. Uh, so let's talk about the things that the agent does here to help the athlete out. First and foremost, the agent has got to know what the athlete's looking for. There are so many different things um, that an athlete might be looking for. Maybe they're wanting a one-year contract that they can opt out of and hope to go earn more somewhere else. Maybe they're looking for the longest contract possible. Or maybe they want no reductions like we talked about in the last uh, episode. So all of that to say there's a lot of different things that an agent needs to be aware of and needs to know on behalf of the athlete going into negotiations. So, yeah, the athlete, the agent needs to know what the athlete wants, and then that is the agent's job is to, to the absolute best of their ability, set up the athlete in the position that they want to be in. So another thing that an agent is, is good for an athlete when, when looking at a base contracts and, and figuring out which brand the athlete's going to represent is maximizing their earning potential all while protecting their best interests along the way. Let's say there's an athlete coming out of college that is in huge demand. Uh, he or she is, is a national champion multiple times, has competed well with pros in the past, and now they're up to sign a professional contract. What's, what is a way that an agent could uh, maximize an athlete's earning but also uh, protect their interest along the way? That would be maybe the, maybe the athlete says, I don't want any reductions in my contract. And an agent has an offer on the table that has a slightly smaller base salary um, than another offer, but it has no reductions. That's a way that an agent can say, listen, I think this is your best route here. Take a smaller base, but don't suffer from any reductions. Um, and that is just one example of how an agent can protect an athlete and get them in the best position based on their needs, not what the agent wants, best on the based on the athlete's needs. The last thing that an agent needs to be aware of and should always have in the forefront of their mind when signing an athlete to a contract, and any contract, whether it's their base shoe deal or entry into a, a major marathon, is that along the way, there should be no surprises for the athlete. Um, if there's reductions in the contract, the agent needs to make that clear and make the athlete aware of that. That way, down the road, there's no drama, there's no surprises. Reductions are part of the sport sometimes, and as long as everybody's agreeing to them, you know, then there's no problem there. But an athlete should never learn about a reduction uh, after the fact. They should never have signed a contract that the agent hasn't made everything clear about it. And um, that is that's a huge huge obligation of the agent is to make sure everything is painfully clear to the athlete. The fine print is laid out and explained well, and that all starts with the base contract. The next thing that we're going to talk about today is how the agent helps an athlete navigate getting into meets, road races, or marathons, whatever it might be. The agent plays a huge role in making this happen. Um, and first and foremost, the agent has got to be in touch constantly, at least consistency, consistently with the athlete and their coach and the race directors to kind of figure out whether or not um, an athlete is a good fit for a race. So 
an example of this would be talking to an athlete and the athlete saying, oh, I think I'm in really, really good shape. And then talking to the coach and the coach saying, yes, this athlete's in really, really good shape. Uh, she, he or she's ready to go for it. And then the agent can know, okay, let's try to get this athlete in the fastest heat possible, the best race possible, um, and set them up in a position to cash in on that fitness. Um, perhaps it's the other story. Both the coach and the athlete are saying, I'm not quite, you know, they're not quite in the best shape yet. It's early season. We just want a rust buster, you know, um, something along those lines. This is where the agent can kind of use that information and set up the athlete in a good race, maybe a rust buster that will help them get their season going and also um, maybe fulfill a contract obligation to their brand. Something like that. So you're making the most of every time you step on the race, on the, on the, on the starting line, you want to make the most of it. And that is the agent's job. Whether it's a, a solid rust buster, maybe you go to a, a road, maybe your contract says you need to run in three road miles. And there's a local road mile that has uh, a decent field, but it'd be a good rust buster. So one, you just you bust the rust, and two, you satisfy a contract obligation. That way, at the end of the year, you don't have to worry about those types of things. That can be an agent's job, and that's a, a way that the agent can help the athlete um, just check these boxes throughout the year. Um, another thing an agent can do when it comes to entering an athlete into meets or races is get them paid for it. Um, like obviously that's the agent's job and that's the athlete's job as an athlete is to earn money for being a professional athlete. Um, our sport might not have the same types of uh, salaries as the NFL does or the NBA does, but you can still make a, a great living in the sport if you have an awesome system set up around an athlete. And so let's talk about let's talk about how an, an agent can help this. We talked about um, appearance fees and performance bonuses, and those uh, in our first episode, and th th that's where these can kind of come into play. Let's say um, an athlete's in incredible shape, and they want to go run um, an, an Olympic A standard at um, Peyton Jordan or something like that. So the agent knows, okay, maybe this race isn't going to give my athlete an appearance fee. However, if they run fast, they can cash in on a uh, performance bonus. And that's something that the agent should always be aware of. Let's say, okay, we're going to go to this meet and uh, get a performance bonus. Or maybe if, a, if, the, if the athlete's not in the best position to get a performance bonus, that's when the agent needs to start looking and say, okay, can they get an appearance fee? Can they get um, can they get money for showing up? And sometimes it doesn't always line up. There's a lot of times athletes go race and, and don't, don't make any money from it because it's a long-term sport and you have to set up your season um, to go to peak at the right time. So you're not always going to be making big wads of cash every time you race. But an a, a good agent can help kind of smooth over some of those times and, and maybe get you an appear, a small appearance fee here or help you fulfill uh, a, get, a, get a performance bonus at another race. Another way an agent comes in uh, when, when meets and competition are, are at play is just helping everything go smoothly. You got travel, um, maybe maybe setting up the athlete with, with their hotel and their flights and communicating what times they want to get in, um, if they want to do the pre-meet before they travel to the race or pre-meet when they land at the competition track. All of those things the agent can discuss with the athlete, help them set up their travel, help them uh, keep, keep track of their airline rewards, their hotel rewards, things like that to kind of keep the cost down for the athlete and ultimately just, again, put them in the best situation possible as that is really the name of the game for everything that the agent does.
one thing that's important to point out is when we talk about appearance fees, these come into play a lot more with uh, big meets with American record holder and Olympic medalists, and also uh, ro- like world major marathons, Boston, Chicago. American majors pay good appearance fee money to Americans, um, in, in because they they respect the buildup it takes to run a marathon. So. If you are going to be running, if you're an athlete that's going to be hitting the road soon, you might want an agent that specializes in getting good appearance fees on the roads. And, or if you uh, have the ability to make Olympic teams on the track, go ahead and work with an agent that is very good at you know, handling an entire Olympic year, an Olympic cycle, and managing those ups and downs along the way. So... Every agent and and an athlete has specialties. Um, just like just like a sprinter is not going to be a good marathoner, it, the same can work for agents. They can be very specialized in certain areas, and that's an important thing for athletes to consider as well. Before we go, we're going to answer a couple questions we got over Instagram. Uh, the first one is, why is an agent necessary, and what can an agent do for an athlete that they can't do for themselves? And this is a big question because, like I said, a lot of times in this sport, the money isn't huge, and athletes can be thinking, well, what can I do to save more for myself? And unfortunately, a lot of the time, uh, athletes kind of look at the option of not signing with an agent because it can help save them uh, the the commission or the percentage that an agent earns. There's a few reasons why that can be dangerous and maybe not necessarily work out in the favor of the athlete. And I'm going to go over a couple of those things now. First off, an agent can take the emotion out of emotional situations. Um, Think about if you're advocating for yourself and you're talking about the work that you do and why you deserve money as an athlete, it can be hard to not make it personal or emotional. If a brand is is not wanting to pay a certain amount, it could get heated and emotional uh, because they're directly uh, making a judgment on you and your ability to perform a job where an agent can not can can take the emotion out of it and make things diplomatic and factual and negotiate and bargain on behalf of the athlete in a factual diplomatic way that doesn't get emotional and biased and that is the probably the biggest thing an agent can do for an athlete take the emotion out of things reason in a non-biased way that helps explain um, you where the athlete is where they're coming from what they can do in the future because if an, if an athlete is saying to a brand, oh, I can make an Olympic team, um, the brand might say, well, good job. You should definitely believe that because you, you should have confidence in yourself as an athlete. However, if a trusted agent goes to a brand and says they can make an Olympic team, I'm telling you, the brand might listen with more – it might carry more weight coming from an agent and the brand may be willing to pay, to pay better – or perhaps at least commit longer to an athlete given that the agent comes from a non-emotional perspective. Another way an agent can help an athlete in a way an athlete can't help themselves is just understanding the market as a whole when it comes to contracts, appearance fees, performance bonuses, reductions, all of these things. You can come at, you know, you can you can come at a contract negotiation with the perspective of what all your clients have earned and what others have made and you can know what a fair price is because you're the agent and you're on the negotiating side of that and athletes usually aren't at liberty to discuss how much they earn it's typically in their contracts that say you can't talk about the money you make so it's hard to do the research on your own as an athlete and know 
what uh, you can earn and you don't want to take a bad deal because you're uneducated and that's why an agent can always uh, step in unemotionally take charge of a, of a contract negotiation and help get the athlete that what they're worth without um, compromising um, integrity and keep things on the up and up uh, and that, that's another way that an agent can do something for an athlete that they can't always do for themselves it's just understand the market as a whole the last way that I'm going to discuss that an agent can help an athlete is just create smooth transitions. Um, running, uh, professional sports, and life in general is just full of transitions. And you want somebody in your corner that's going to help you navigate uh, new chapters in your life. It's going to help you uh, transition smoothly. Whether you're coming from college, maybe maybe you're coming out of college and you want to wait to sign a contract till after the Olympic trials, um, your agent can get you a USATF grant or find a secondary sponsor to help support you, can help smooth that transition so you can get what you're worth um, when it comes to your main contract. An agent can facilitate that type of transition. Maybe it's pregnancy. Um, if, if an agent represents a, a woman who's pregnant, he can go to that uh, brand and say, hey, keep this, keep this athlete on payroll. There should be no reductions for, for um, obligations not met while pregnant and help smooth that thing over. Again, taking the emotion out of it and advocating for the athlete. Uh, another way is in retirement because as we all know, as all athletes know, and as I've experienced myself and, and everybody listening to this probably has, if you haven't, you will soon, your days as an athlete come to an end eventually. And what do you want your story to be at the end of your career? Do you want to be somebody that can move on and, and work work in another industry? Absolutely, that's great. An agent can help with those types of things. Uh, reach out to brands, to companies, help get you into the next phase of your life um, smoothly. Additionally, if you want to say, okay, maybe you're an athlete that's going pro this year and you want to say, I'm I want to be a staple of American track and field for years to come and for decades. The right agent can help you keep earning money after you retire, whether you are an ambassador for a brand, whether you are making appearances at big races, whether you are help, helping with clinics and, coach, and coaching, doing public speaking, many things. You see people like Nick Simmons is a great example of somebody who stayed in the world of running, created his own company, and now is is, is full-time uh, running a business, run gum on his own, as well as the YouTube stuff. He is somebody who took advantage of his status as an athlete and, and helped turn it in a way that was, advent, uh, that was advantageous to him as a retired athlete. And a good agent can help navigate that for an athlete as well, set them up with good consultants, good resources, all of those things um, that an athlete just shouldn't have to worry about on their own. The last question from Instagram that I'm going to answer before we get going is how can somebody break into the industry of being a track and field agent? And this is um, tricky because it's just like any other industry. It's not like there's five agencies out there that are all hiring entry-level positions. Um, if you want to be a track and field agent, you're probably going to have um, some, you're probably going to need some sort of entrepreneur um, mindset and, and create a path of your own because our sport is very young. Um, you get certified through USATF as an agent, then you need to get certified through the IAAF as an agent. Um, there are fees you need to pay annually to be an agent, as well as um, classes you need to attend and a, a code of conduct that you should uphold. And it's, it's not necessarily a free-for-all. There's a lot of structure involved. And 
if one of the agencies isn't hiring in the industry, you're going to have to make your own and you're going to have to be your own agent. And that has been really good for some people and athletes is kind of working with one specific agent that's maybe not a part of a huge company and really crafting their career in a good way. Um, being Becoming an agent is something that, you know, you could do it on your own, like I just said, or you could you could join an agency and work under another one of the experienced agents. The, the thing about this is, as we've said, the, the money circulating track and field isn't necessarily the same as, is, as it is in the NFL and other major sports. So agencies aren't really just hiring for full-time positions um, every year. It, it's very rare that an agency would add a full-time agent or something like that because the 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 business just isn't there for every agency. So it can be hit or miss. There's many different ways to break into the to the agency agency world. Um, one of my favorite quotes is it's it's kind of dumb, but it, it's five plus four equals nine. So does six plus three, meaning there's there's multiple different ways to get where you want to be. And one thing that I feel about our sport in general is it's very young. We have not had full-time professional track and field athletes for nearly like anywhere near as long as other sports have. And the landscape of our of our sport and the economy and the way it works is young. Um, I had a very prominent athlete tell me once that basically the whole running world was controlled by, you know, 50 men and it's impossible to break into. And as much as I respect an experienced opinion, I, I have to call BS on this because this sport's been around for like 50 years max, man. Like this sport has not been around long at all. And there's many ways to break into it. We're going to see lots of exciting athletes coming up, changes in social media and streaming options and all these different ways can help expand and grow our sport, bring more money to it. And which is, you know, money's not everything, but that's a huge element of what we're talking about today. And um, there, there are many different ways to get into the industry. The most important thing I would say for an agent trying to get into it is just find the right route for you. Um, if you're not an experienced, uh, if you're not a former pro athlete or an NCAA All-American, you're going to have to find a way to add credibility to you as a person. Um, maybe it's a master's degree. Maybe it's other internships. Maybe it is starting a podcast and networking like crazy. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, and so, yeah, there's no designated way to break into the industry. To summarize everything before we go today, uh, the athlete-agent relationship is all based on communication. How well can you communicate as an agent and as an athlete? Because to an agent-athlete relationship that is full of good communication is going to be beneficial for everybody involved. Um, it is the agent's job as a, um, it's a fiduciary agreement is what it's called for the agent to work constantly in the best interest of the athlete. So if the best interest of the athlete is to sign a deal that makes the agent basically no money, then that is that is the agent's job. It is not about what the agent makes and how well the agent um, can pad his, his bank account. It is 100% about the athlete, and it always should be. Um, an agent should never, ever withhold offers to an athlete or not keep them completely in the loop on their, their earnings and stuff like that because it is the agent's job to work on behalf of the athlete. And if the agent can't do that, they probably shouldn't be in the business. Um, so that is 
another thing that is is important to to state before we move on the agent works for the athlete it is not the other way around and an athlete should interview multiple agents before they hire one because um you don't making the quickest um you know you don't you do not want to sign with an agent that's saying hey commit to me before you graduate um i'll have a deal ready for you there are certain things that are just unethical and um, there's a right way to do business and an athlete needs to think long and hard about who they want to associate themselves with and who they're going to do business with for their career. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Again, my name is Johnny Holston. You can find me on social media at Johnny Holston on Instagram at Johnny Capella on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to check out our friends at The Stride Report at The Stride Report on Instagram and Twitter. They are your home for covering NCAA cross country and track. Before you go, please let me know what you'd like to hear from in episode three. I've got some cool ideas I want to discuss, but I also want to make it meaningful to the listeners. And so please feel free to let me uh, send me a message on social media and let me know what you'd like to hear in episode three, as well as let me know what you thought of this episode. Um, I was really, I was really excited that we had about seventy-five percent of. Uh, the same amount of listens in episode one as we do to our big episodes when we when we interview a star. So that was really cool, and it made me excited that there's enough people out there that want to listen to me talk about uh, these things. So, um, yeah, for sure, let me know what you want to hear in episode three, guys. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, I'm Johnny Holston, and this was Running Biz by Capella Athletics.